five, four, three, two, one. Eef. Energized podcast, it's back. So you might realize that this is going to be a solo effort. So I am over in London. Thank you for everyone who sent me all the wish well wishes. Also, thank you to Barry, who asked everyone to send me the, send me the well wishes. Also, I'm just going to say, straight off the bat, getting a bit of flack being over here in London. A few people slide into the DM saying, it's grand, we prefer Barry anyway. And then everyone was saying that Barry's podcast this week will be much funnier than mine. So thanks for all the support, guys. Really appreciate that. Although, in fairness, everyone knows Barry is the funnier one of the two so guys London life is going very very well but I miss my main man El Basmo and he's going to come over and see me on Friday and you know what else is on Friday Bellator 200 so I'm actually flying Barry over for the biggest fight week in UK and Ireland fighting of the year we have Bellator 200 and UFC Liverpool on this week. So Barry's coming over. We're actually going to try and pick up some last minute tickets. Uh, didn't want to buy them in advance. Because I want to make sure Barry's here on time. And everything goes well. I didn't want to buy tickets. And then something happens. Because you know the way. Flights get cancelled etc etc. And fingers crossed Barry's won't. But we're going to see if we can pick up some last minute tickets to Bellator. And who knows if all goes well. It's probably a very slight chance of it happening. But we might pick up tickets to UFC Liverpool. Who knows? So, Barry will kill me if I don't say this. So, if you're new to the Energize podcast, welcome. And if you're a returning Energize listener, apologies, Barry's not here. So, as I said, solo effort this week. I'm going to take on the Mixed Martial Arts podcast. Barry's going to take on the football podcast. I hope you guys are going to enjoy them. I'm really looking forward to seeing what Barry has to say Barry did give me his five picks for this podcast so I will let you know what they are in turn so before we kick off into the Bellator 200 card because that was what was up first there was a massive announcement in the world of mixed martial arts everyone's favorite mixed martial arts journalist Ariel Hawani has announced that he's leaving mixedmartialartsfighting.com mmafighting.com and he's moving over to ESPN I must say it is a well-deserved move. I can't believe none of the other sports broadcasts have ever picked him up before. I know he was on Fox and he got fired, but I felt like he was more of a UFC employee than an actual Fox employee. Or a UFC told Fox to get rid of him because he was breaking too many stories. He's by far the best journalist at his job. That's no disrespect for other ones. I think there's some great mixed martial arts journalists. Like you have Luke Thomas, you have Jeff Wagenheim, John Morgan, many, many more. Uh, he's just the best. He gets all the best interviews. He's the most well-respected. and He does an absolute phenomenal job. So, I don't know if that's going to be the end of the MMA hour. Or I don't know whether he's going to continue the MMA hour. We'll have to see what, where he goes with that. Um, the MMA hour is an absolute massive platform for him. And it's probably where most people get their mixed martial arts news of the week. And fighters go on there to break stories, announce their next fight. It's probably... The most hardcore fans go to show to listen to mixed martial arts, but obviously energized with Ross and Barry. So, best luck with him uh, over on ESPN. And he's actually announced a new podcast he's going to do. It's going to be Ariel Hawani and the bad guy, 
Chael P. Sonnen. So that is going to be absolutely most listened to podcasting. If you actually think about it, I actually listen to the uh, Mixed Martial Arts Hour every week. And I also listen to Chael Sonnen's podcast. So therefore, the two of them together is going to be absolute gold. You're going to get the business side and all the news breaking from Ariel Hawani. And then you're going to get the fighter side from Chael P. Sonnen. And it's going to be absolutely brilliant. I, I, I don't think there's another word to describe it. Um, the only thing is that if they actually have a third guest in the party, I wonder how that will work. Because Ariel and Chael both, both do like to do a good bit of chitter-chatter. So, this Friday night, big fight night. Bellator 200 on in the Wembley Arena. So, bit of unfortunate news to kick off with. Mirko Krokop is out of the headlining fight against big country Roy Nelson. We're yet to be told whether Roy Nelson is going to stay on the card. At this stage, it is looking unlikely. So, not great for that. But the rest of the card is really, really good. There are actually some really high-level mixed martial arts going on this card. Also, there's a few people down on like the prelims who... Have like very good records. And it'll be interesting to see. If they actually stack up the records. And also we have a few. Notable names coming out of. The prelims as well. Like you have Saul Rogers. Who was on Team McGregor. And the McGregor versus Faber series. And you also have. Charlie Ward. Who is notoriously known for hanging around with Conor McGregor. So I wonder will. Conor be making his way over. To Bellator 200. So, we'll just have a look at the main card, because that's what most people want to hear about. We have uh, Anastasia Yankova fighting, fighting Kate Jackson. Now, Anastasia Yankova, the first thing I noticed about her is she's absolutely gorgeous. And me and Barry are both picking her win, just based on the fact that she is gorgeous. Now, Kate Jackson, she's she's a tough out. Uh, she lost her last fight to Valerie Letourneau. Um, if those of you... Don't know who Valerie Letourneau is. She actually fought Joanny and Jacek for the UFC strawweight title over at UFC 193 when Rousey lost to Holly Holm. So she's a tough cookie, uh, Valerie Letourneau, so there's no harm in losing to her. But I think Anastasia Yankova looks like someone Bellator trying to build. So moving up the card, then you have Phil, Mr. Wonderful Davis fighting Linton Vassell. Uh, Lyndon Vassal's tough out. He's got good power in his hands. Um, he's probably one. The t- he's top ten Bellator light heavyweight, and the Bellator light heavyweight division actually isn't that bad. So, fair play to Lyndon Vassal. Uh, but he's going up against Phil Davis, former Bellator light heavyweight champion. Look, I think Bellator. I think Phil Davis is the best light heavyweight in Bellator, not named Ryan Bader. Two of uh, Phil Davis's four losses have both come to Ryan Bader. So, look, anyone else not named Ryan Bader in the division, I think Phil Davis is going to beat them. I think Phil Davis is going to be able to take Linton Vassal down. And I wouldn't be surprised if you saw Phil Davis get in quite a unique submission. He's actually quite good at that. He has a few of his own submissions that not many other people can pull off. And he's also probably one of the best physical specimens I think I've ever seen. Just in general, what an athlete. So, Phil Davis for the win there. Then it's me and Barry's mate. Um, Aaron Geordie Shore or Aaron Chalmers is fighting Ash Griffiths. 
Uh, Aaron is now 3-0 in his mixed martial arts career, so fair play to him on that. Like, it, it, a lot of people just look at him as the CM Punk of Bellator or some sort of celebrity, so straight off the bat, 3-0. In fairness, he did drastically miss weight against one of his opponents, but we won't hold that against him. I don't know anything about Ash Griffiths. I'm sure I won't know anything about Ash Griffiths other than he's lost to Aaron Chalmers come uh, the end of the night on Friday. Very high card placement for Aaron Chalmers as well, but I suppose he's one of the main attractions of the night, so look, I expect him to go in there and get the job done. Me and Barry actually met Aaron Chalmers at Bama in Dublin, Bama 35, and what a nice guy. We actually walked around backstage for a bit, had a chat with him, real down-to-earth guy. Uh, some lad was actually getting a photo for me, Barry, uh, Aaron, and actually Leon Edwards is in the photo as well. He was fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone at UFC Singapore, and uh, some geezer was taking photos. First of all, he took a few photos and they were dreadful, and then Aaron George Shore was like, what are you doing, man? Turn the flash on. That was my best uh, Geordie accent, so it was probably terrible, but yeah, this guy like, couldn't turn the flash on, and like Aaron George Shore was absolutely slaying him. So, um, we got the flash on eventually. The photo was like, it was fine, but could have done better. We could have done with a professional photographer. So, if anyone wants to be the Android photographer and follow me back around and take a photo of us once every week, well, then we're open to applications. The job doesn't pay anything, but you do get to hang around with the two best podcasters and one footy guy and one moderate, good looking guy. I'll let you decide. Who's who? Uh, then you have MVP, Michael Venom Page, fighting David Rickles in the co-main event. MVP, 12-0, has some spectacular finishes on his record. Got to be looking at him, looking to get the win here tonight. David Rickles, I'm going to say he is the gatekeeper at Bellator. Um, just due to the fact that anytime he's fought someone like the Pitbull brothers or... Michael Chandler, he's lost, but anytime he's ever fought anyone else in Bellator, he's beaten them. So, for me, I'm going to go for MVP. I also think, if I'm not mistaken, this fight is going to be at 170, and Dave Rickles has fought a few times at 155. So, I'm going to assume MVP is going to have the size advantage, and I expect a spectacular finish. And then, I, I hope Bellator gives us the fight that we all want to see. I know Paul Daly just lost to John Fish, but everyone see Paul Daly, MVP, uh, it could be a really good co-main event somewhere. And the beef between those two is real. So let's make it happen, Bellator. Mo- Michael Venom Page, Paul Daly. Even if MVP loses to Dave Rickles. MVP versus Paul Daly. I feel like I'll have a bit of a Hey Bellew feel to it going forward. So like they should definitely do that one in the UK. Then moving on to the main event of the evening. I just realised I'm going to have to do that twice. And normally, I don't think we actually do the big main event thing for Bellator because our mate Bruce Buffer doesn't actually do that. But sure, look, here we are here. So now we're going to have a look at the main event. So we have Rafael Carvalho versus Gegard Mousasi. Now, this is a very interesting main event because Rafael Carvalho has absolutely nasty power in his hands. He's finished 12 of his 15 wins by knockout. And he's fighting Gegard Mousasi. He's coming off one. No actually. The best winning streak. 
of his career. I think he's won his last six fights with names on his career or names on his record like Thiago Santos, Talos Leites, Chris Weidman, Uriah Hall, Vitor Belfort, and Alexander Shkomenko. Well, I'm impressed myself that I named them six off the top of my head, but I suppose I was doing a bit of research before. So, Gegar Mousasi is looking very well these days, except for his last fight. On his Bellator debut against Alexander Shkomenko, he did not actually look that great. And he had a massive soil advantage against Alexander Shkomenko. So, I don't know what was up with Gegar Mousasi there, but he looked highly impressive. Rafael Carvalho has beaten the likes of Joe Schilling and Melvin Manhoff. Now, I know that they're not actually brilliant mixed martial artists, but they're very, very, very good strikers. And for Rafael Carvalho to have actually KO'd Melvin Manhoff is an extraordinarily impressive feat. So, the way I look at it is, can Gegar Mousasi maybe bring the fight to the ground or potentially be elusive enough not to get caught by one of Rafael Carvalho's big bombs. In speaking to Barry, we sort of agreed that Yankova, Phil Davis, Aaron Thomas and MVP are going to win. And this was the fight that we weren't too sure on. Uh, Barry thinks Musasi is going to win. He just thinks he's fought higher level competition and he's experienced enough to get the job done. He was also a light heavyweight champion in strike force. So to see him get middleweight belt or belt, I would not be surprised in fairness, he could have been fighting for the UFC middleweight title if he stuck around for a bit longer. But he had contract issues with them, so he moved over to Bellator. For me personally, I think Carvalho is going to win. I think he's almost the best middleweight talent outside the UFC. and He's almost like a, a secret, if that makes sense. Because not many people know who he is, but he's an absolute devastating power. He is a finisher and... At the end of the day, when you have people going to watch fights, what they're looking for is the finished hit. When he knocked out uh, Sakara, Alessio Sakara, who I believe only got the fight because uh, it was in Italy with an elbow, it was absolutely frightening. He's also has he has finishes in the later rounds as well. He's finished uh, Manhoff in the fourth round. So for me, I think Rafael Carvalho is the man to beat. And I don't think he's going to get beaten. He also is one of the, those uh, strange fighters who's 15-1. and one And he actually lost his first fight. He's excellent physical specimen. He's gone the distance a few times. And look, I don't know. There's just something about him that I feel like... Not that he's a star in the making, but he is someone who... Is a highly skilled mixed martial artist and does not recognise for it. So I'm going to recognise Rafael Carvalho and I'm going to say he's going to get the job done. So I suppose that sort of sums up Bellator 200. Hopefully me and Barry are at it. You'll know if we're at it because we'll have a photo of it. But um, look, if we don't go to it, we'll find somewhere cool to watch it in London. So don't be fearful. So also, if you know anyone with spare tickets for Bellator 200 that is in London... Definitely give a shout because that would be cool. So, before we move on to UFC Liverpool, we're going to have a quick look back at UFC Chile. So, UFC Chile, we had Kamara Usman fighting Damian Moy in the main event. But I'm going to have a look at some of the other fights on the card and other or impressive performances. So, I suppose I'm going to talk about a few people who people don't know. But I'm going to go very fast through it, just how people don't get bored and 
turn me off because I'm nervous doing this first podcast by myself because Barry's not here. So we have Gabriel Benitez got a a slam KO, which is not really seen too often. Um, that was very, very impressive. So fair play to him. He looks actually quite good in the featherweight division. Then you have uh, Paulina uh, Botello. Is that how you say her name? And she actually got... She actually chased her opponent across the octagon and absolutely smashed her in the first round. Body kicks and all. Sorry, I have a bit of hay fever. I'm going to stop sniffling because that's very irritating to listen to. So, uh, Alexandre Pantoa beat uh, Brandon Moreno. Uh, Me and Barry actually both thought this fight should have been probably higher up the card, but it was a very one-sided decision win for Pantoja. He's probably going to get someone ranked in the top 10 of flyweight, so maybe look out for him there. We're now going to move on to the main card. That's what people actually care about. No one cares about the rest of the stuff. So here we're going to look at it. Uh, Vincente Luque beat Chadler Priest by knockout in the first round. Massive win for Luque. Luque is now 6-2 in his UFC career. And he's actually finished all six of his opponents. And his two losses come by decision. So it looks like it's one of those things. If Luque wins, he gets you out there. If he goes the distance, he loses. And I'm not going to lie. He's a very exciting fighter. Great to see him in there. Great to see him get a win. And I wouldn't mind seeing him actually get a top 15 opponent. Andrea, the Cowboy Lee. She's like the female Cowboy. She looked incredible in this fight. Is a UFC debut at flyweight. She was very, very dominant. Barry was very high on her performance. It was fight of the night. Um, what more can I say? I'm really excited to see her get in, in there again. She was actually looking to get a UFC debut earlier, but there was some sort of problem with USADA on her testing pole. So, yeehaw! Andrea Lee, look out for her in the future. She looks very, very good. Then we look at the light heavyweight division. Dominic Reyes. He defeated Jared Cannonier by first round knockout. Um, this was actually a very funny fight to watch. Because Dominic Reyes is extraordinarily impressive. He's 6-0, or sorry, he's 9-0. And his last three fights have been the UFC. All first round finishes. Maybe second round finishes there, not too sure. But he's definitely finished all his opponents. Uh, two by knockout, one by submission. And he was actually chasing Kanir around the octagon with these kicks. And he was actually throwing his leg at him like a baseball bat. And... Kanir had no answer from. Uh, I think Kanir looked like he could have been a prospect uh, prior because he moved down from heavyweight to light heavyweight, and people were like, oh, he might be able to knock people out of light heavyweight. But Dominic Reyes, I think he's 26 now, he's 9 0. That guy has to fight some in the top 15 next. What a performance! He's looked incredible, and the light heavyweight division could really do with a young, hot prospect, and they might have one, Dominic Reyes. So, guys, keep your eyes out for Dominic Reyes. Great performance turned in. He's the man. Then you have Tatiana Suarez defeating Alexa Grasso in the co-main event. So, Tatiana Suarez has now claimed her title as the female Khabib Nurmagomedov. She is absolutely dominant on the ground. What a performance turned in against Alexa Grasso. Alexa Grasso had a lot of hype coming over from Invicta when she came over from Invicta to UFC. She never really lived up to it. Tatiana Suarez, incredible in the Ultimate Fighter. Probably 
a top five UFC strawweight already. She just doesn't really have the name recognition that she probably deserves. What a performance turned in. Do not be surprised to see Tatiana Suarez wearing UFC gold at some stage in 2019. Then we move on to the main event of the evening. All the main events. We had Kamara Usman, possibly the most feared UFC welterweight fighter at the moment, fighting Damian Maya. Kamara Usman cruised to a dominant, de- de- dominant decision. He won basically all the rounds against Damian Maya. Few judges quarter 49-46, but it was very, very one-sided. Maya couldn't get the takedown. Usman sort of pieced him up a bit on the feet. It was fairly one-sided. Uh, the blueprint was already put out how to beat Damon Maya by Colby Covington by Tyron Woodley and Usman just had to follow that game plan fairly handy for such a high level wrestler for Usman to block the takedowns and that's what he did for most of the fight so solid performance turned in by Usman um, he, he called out Woodley afterwards he sort of said he beat Maya better than Woodley did but at the end of the day it was a lot easier for Usman to beat Maya after he'd already seen how to do it. So, also Maya took the fight on two weeks' notice. Maya, let's have a look at him first. Owen three in his last, or Owen three in his last three fights. Obviously, uh, in fairness, he's one of the most winningest UFC fighters of all time. I think he has twenty four UFC wins. Which, when you make, when you say that out loud, that's actually frightening. He said he's going to retire at the end of the UFC contract. I, I don't think anyone's cl- clamoring to see another Damian Maya fight. Um. Look, he just wants to grapple people. He doesn't actually want to punch them in the face or anything like that. So, look, Moya should probably retire now. Oh, there is my laptop doing, making some sort of noise. You can ignore that. Not important. And, look, not going to lie. Damon Moya, if you retired never fought again, I wouldn't really miss him. Uh, Kamara Usman, on the other hand, he's in a really tough spot. I'm going to tell you why. He is potentially, he's definitely in the top seven. There's sort of a top, maybe even top six. The UFC welterweight division is very logged up at the moment. Uh, we're going to have a bit more clarity in about three weeks' time after UFC Liverpool, after UFC 225. So you have Tyron Woodley, the king of the division. Then you have Colby Covenant fighting RDA. In uh, UFC 225 for the interim belt, which probably shouldn't exist, but it does. And then you have Darren Till headlining on Sunday against Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So Woodley is going to fight the winner of Colby versus RDA. The next line is going to be the winner of Till Wonderboy. And then there's Kamara Usman. So he's actually in no man's land. He's going to have to fight someone again. He's actually 8 0 in the UFC, which is a frightening legal record. Um, it looks like he's going to have to go about 10 no. He's going to have to go what I call the Tony Ferguson route to get a UFC title shot. So, Usman, he actually probably would have been better off calling out the winner of Till versus Wonderboy. But it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes down. Uh, really, see the winner of Till versus Wonderboy is probably going to hang around, not book a fight too soon, because I'm pretty sure if... The winner of Covington versus RDA, you know, comes out of the fight with an injury. Tyron Woodley's looking to fight probably at UFC 226, if not at UFC 227. So, let's be honest. Usman is probably going to have to wait and see if someone pulls out of a fight. Who knows if 
Covington pulls out a fight, Usman could step in against or, uh, RDA, or, well, no, I was going to say if uh, Taylor Wonderboy pulls out, but like that's too short notice, I'd say, for Usman to cut the weight again, because he's a big, big boy. So, Usman, great performance turned in, as we expected. Probably going to have to fight someone else in the uh, welterweight division before he gets any title shots anytime soon. That's just the way it works, and... That's just sort of it for him. Uh, Woody said, I'll see you when he gets to the top. So Woody doesn't even... Woody's not interested in it anyway. It's not an exciting fight for him anyway. So that sort of sums up UFC Chile. Barry always asked me to rate the card afterwards. And I'm going to give it a 6.5 out of 10. Because the fights were actually brilliant. But at the end of the day, there was no excitement initially. Or no reason for me to be staying up till 6am in the morning to watch guys fighting UFC Chile who... I vaguely know who they are. And like I'm a really big UFC fan. So therefore. If I vaguely know who they are. Well then. I don't think. I'm going to stay up and watch them. That's just the truth really. So. We're now going to have a look at UFC Liverpool. Um, this was another card that was hit by the injury bug. Um, let's be honest. Uh this fight, this fight night was actually originally meant to take place in Dublin. And then they cancelled it uh, after Darren Till beat Cowboy over, I think it was in Poland. Uh, they moved it to Liverpool. I'm not surprised, to be honest. Um, Darren Till is possibly, he's definitely in the top five rising stars in the UFC at the moment. UFC is putting a lot of press in behind him. He's extremely confident. He looks very good um, in his last fight against Cowboy Cerrone. And the fellow is like a star in the making. And Liverpool fans are always very passionate. So it's good to have someone like Darren Till on the up, on the up and up. So I'm actually very excited to see this fight. This is probably one, one of the fights I've been most excited to see all year. Uh, like I said, the injury bug was hit with the card. Neil Magny was supposed, supposed to be fighting Gordon Nelson. I was really excited for that one. But Gordon Nelson got injured. So... Craig White has stepped in to fight him. We'll talk about him in a few moments. Also, um, Don Madge, who I, as far as I'm aware, is a Liverpool Liverpoolian, was fight, supposed to fight David Taymor. Uh, and then he pulled out of the fight. So, David Taymor has been moved to a different card later on in the year. So, here we go. We'll have a look at the card. Uh, I'm going to call out people who stand out to me. Uh, Elias Theodore, who's fighting Trevor Smith. Um, for those of you who don't know, Lois Theodoru, the best hair in the game. He is going to be, uh, he's actually a ring boy. So if you know what a ring girl is, he's the equivalent of that, except in Invicta. Um, I think he actually takes it quite seriously, which I'm not too sure whether I find funny or not. But he does that. So I don't know whether him fighting on the fight pass prelims is like punishment for him doing that. Because the UFC probably think he's taking the piss. Uh <coughs> We also have Dan Kelly fighting Tom Breeze. Dan Kelly's actually overtraining in SPG Dublin at the moment. Um, I was talking to the guys over in SPG Dublin, uh, like King Cowley and Macwan, and they said he's training really, really hard. He looks really good. But Tom Breeze is a very tough out for anyone. But normally I pick against Dan, Dad Bob Kelly, but on this occasion, we're going to back the judo specialist. And I hope he gets the job done because he seems like a nice guy when we met him. Then you have Claudio Silva um, fighting Nordin Tlaib. Um, Nordin Tlaib is very, very good on the feet. 
But what I'm interested to see here is Claudio Silva. He last fought in 2014 in the UFC. And that is a very, very long time ago. Four years ago was his last fight. But in his last fight, he did beat Leon Edwards. Uh, it's probably not the Leon Edwards that we see now, who's an absolute killer. But look, very highly touted uh, prospect. Obviously, he's been hit with some very bad injuries. But it'll be interesting to see how he gets on on his comeback fight. So, we're going to move on and look at the main card. David Grant's fighting Manny Bermudez at Bantamweight. Uh, David Grant is excellent on the ground. Very good <coughs> uh, with arm bars and stuff like that. His jiu-jitsu is top of the range. So, be interested to see if he can get back in the win column. He's also someone who's uh, suffered with injuries. So, <coughs> then we're going to move on to Jason Knight. Um the king of the hillbillies, I think, as me and Barry call him, after he beat Chas Kelly in what was an absolute war. He's going to fight Macwan and Mirakani. Uh, Macwan's moved his entire camp to SBG for the last uh, two camps. He looks really, really good. We saw him at BAM 35. And 100% going to be back Macwan on this one. Hopefully he gets the job done. He was unfortunate in his last fight. He lost out to Arnold Allen. So we're going to see <coughs> how Macwan gets on this one. Speaking of Arnold Allen, he's fighting Mads Bernal in uh, featherweight bout. Arnold Allen looks pretty good, fighting in his home country. Expect him to get the job done. Uh, don't know too much about Mads Bernal. I think he's a Swedish fella, but going back to Arnold Allen, me and Barry agree with that one as well. Then Neil Magny's going to fight Craig White. I know absolutely nothing about Craig White. Don't even know what he looks like, but Neil Magny, some of the best cardio in the welterweight division. Very good boxing. Decent jiu-jitsu off his back. 100% expect him to get the win here. He's beaten too much high-level competition. He's beat Carlos Connors last fight. He's beaten Kelvin Gaston before. I don't expect to see Craig White get a win over Neil Magny. That's just the way it is. Barry agrees. The fellow doesn't even have a profile picture on UFC.com. Like, I, I don't know what more to say. Um, I'm actually surprised it's almost still the co-main event of the night, but... There you go, fair play to Neil Magny. I suppose he doesn't really deserve to lose a spot on the card. Then we're going to move on to the main event of the evening. So UFC Liverpool is on Sunday. Main event will be Stephen Wonderboy Thompson versus Darren Till. You should probably do it with a nickname. I think some people call him the Gorilla. But this is it. It is going to be a massive welterweight showdown. So I'm going to start you off with Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. He is absolutely incredible striker. Possibly the best in the UFC. He has some serious names on record. He has beaten the UFC middleweight champion Robert Whitaker. He has beaten former UFC welterweight champion Johnny Hendricks. He's beaten Rory McDonald and Jorge Masvidal. And he's also been the distance twice with Tyrone Woodley in two very controversial decisions. He is a beast. Then you have Darren Till. And there's a massive hype train behind Darren Till. But then there's also a lot of hardcore fans who are saying, is Darren Till as good as people say he is? Because you look at Darren Till's record... And he is 16 one in the UFC. Sorry, when someone draws, I find that very hard to get into the record. 
And you know what? He's only got one finish. But his one finish was against Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He knocked him out in the first round. Absolute stunning performance turned in. In Poland. Main event. So it looks like when the bright lights shine. So does Darren Till. This is going to be a very interesting match. Because Darren Till is very well renowned for his Muay Thai. Cowboy's very... Or sorry. Not Cowboy. Stephen Wonderboy Thompson's very well known for his cratty point style fighting so for me i look at this one and it's almost like the bull versus the matador you have stephen wonderboy thompson very elusive great kicks and then you have darren Till coming in looking for the knockout very heavy handlings great kicks i wouldn't be surprised to see darren Till actually try and take this to the ground as well uh i would perceive him to be a better jiu-jitsu uh practitioner than stephen wonderboy thompson although Wonderboy does train with Chris Weidman a lot, so he's used to a bigger, stronger, heavier guy trying to take him down and have his way with him. Um, me and Barry sort of went back and forth over this fight. It was the only fight that we sort of thought on the card that was debatable and who's going to win. Barry's sort of going Darren Till. Darren Till does look very hungry. Every interview you see him do, he says all the right things. He looks really, really good. He looks in phenomenal shape. He's been knocking opponents down in sparring. But for me, Wonderboy Thompson, I think he beats everyone in this division, not named Tyron Woodley. So I can't really pick against him. Uh, I just have so much respect for his skill set. His stand-up game is next to none. And at the end of the day, I don't know if Darren Till is ready for someone on the level of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. I think Wonderboy striking is a far high level. It's like the next level above Donald Cowboy Cerrone. So I'm going to go for Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. So that is basically a wrap for the Mixed Martial Arts podcast this week. Uh, I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Um, I'm really looking forward to having Barry over here. Um, I was a bit nervous doing it as well because it was my first ever one solo. Um, I was suffering with hay fever a bit, so if you hear me sniffling, I do apologise. Let us know what you think about this one. Um, really interested to see how you guys give us feedback on it. Is it okay that we do it ourselves? Do we have to figure out a way of getting one done together again? Let us know in the comments on the latest Energised post. And as always, stay energised.